Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Thirty-six years ago, I helped to start a church. And what was unique about this group of people is we were evangelicals, but we were searching for traditional apostolic Christianity. Ten years into the experiment, the pastor, the head pastor, decided to radically shift directions and eschew pretty much everything that we have been teaching for the last 10 years having to do with any kind of traditional historic expression of the faith. And the way that he introduced this this 180 turn was to preach a sermon, which I distinctly remember, in which he quoted John the Baptist saying, he must increase, I must decrease. He said that John had prepared the way for the coming of Christ, Christ had come, and now John's job was to fade away into oblivion. In fact, uh, for John to actually stick around in any sense at all would be a great sin, a usurping of Christ's authority and rightful place. Basically, John and his ministry had served its purpose. John had to go and never be heard from again. Uh, The pastor then went on to after he sort of established that interpretation, um, go on to equate that what we had been doing for the last 10 years in that, in that church in pursuing traditional Christianity, he equated that with the ministry of John the Baptist. Oh, that was of the old, and now we need to move on to the new. And so with that, he stripped off his collar, stopped weekly communion, and started barking in the aisle. Literally. Uh, um, <clears throat> haha, he, he literally started barking in the aisle. Um, in the words of Inigo Montoya, I don't think John the Baptist meant what that pastor thought he meant. <laughs> Certainly, St. John the Baptist was the last great, greatest prophet of the old, but he was also the first great prophet of the new. I mean, really, you could say it was John who inaugurated the new covenant, in a sense. He was not just of the old, he was also of the new. He bridged the two. And his statement that Jesus must increase and he must decrease has nothing to do with the way this pastor interpreted it at all. It's an example of a really gross, uh, obscene misuse of the scriptures. I mean, every one of us should repeat that after John. Peter and Paul should be saying that he must increase, I must decrease. But in John's particular case, his ministry as sort of coming to to set the stage for Christ, to prepare the way of Christ, his ministry was to give way to Christ, who was preeminent. And his ministry was a means to an end. Christ is the goal. Christ is the end. 
And his ministry was a means to the, to the end. That's, that's what he was talking about because people were confusing him with the, being the Messiah. And he's saying, no, I, I'm not the Messiah. I need to decrease. Here's the Messiah. But just because Christ has the preeminence and because all of that's true doesn't mean that John doesn't go on and others don't go on to have an ongoing role in the economy of salvation. And we know this in other areas. Just because Christ is the mediator doesn't mean we're not little mediators. Christ is the ambassador. We're ambassadors. So where does that put the ministry of John the Baptist? He prepared the way for the coming of Christ. Christ came. Ergo, John's job is done, and he is sent into retirement. Not so fast. John's ministry actually doesn't end when Christ comes onto the scene and begins his ministry. It also didn't end when they lopped his head off. You realize that after he was murdered, he went down into Hades, and he preached to the souls in prison there, To prepare them for the coming of Christ. Because you realize Christ went down into Hades. To release the captive souls. Now you're saying where's that in the Bible. Well it's not really in the Bible. But it's in all of our liturgical texts. Explicitly. That John went before Christ. Into Hades. And preached and prepared the way. Just like he did on earth. For Christ to go down and then. Release the captives. Was that the end of John's ministry? Is he done yet? Absolutely not. St. John the Baptist is still ministering in and through the church. We've all heard it said, I was saved, I'm being saved, and I will be saved. But we can also say that Christ has come, Christ is coming, and Christ will come. In the same way. Now St. John the Baptist's ministry has always been to prepare us for the coming of Christ. And Christ is still actively coming. Until that day when he will come bodily in his final parousia or advent at the end of the age and sit on his throne in the final judgment. In the meantime, we all live in a paradoxical age. All of us. We live with one foot in the already, but not yet. We are in the kingdom, but we're still in the world. We cannot die, Jesus says, and yet we die. We've received the Spirit, but only the first fruits. We've been adopted as children of God, and yet, St. Paul says in Romans 8, we eagerly await the adoption, which is the redemption of our bodies. That's the context of our life, the reality that we exist in. Christ has come, Christ is still coming, and there will be a day in which he will finally come. We live right now in this age of Christ's existential, continual, perpetual, dynamic coming. It is the age of his coming. He is coming. He is coming. And that is not going to end until the judgment. Now the two characters which are most integral and inseparable from the coming of Christ are our Blessed Mother and St. John the Baptist. Christ is still coming, actively, perpetually coming. In this very moment, while I'm speaking to you, he is coming. And because of that, our Blessed Mother and St. John the Baptist are still active in their ministries to prepare us for his coming. If we're still in the age of Jesus coming, 
We're still in the age of John the Baptist. We are in the age of John the Baptist. He's not passed into oblivion. He's still very much with us. And we are still very much in need of his ministry. Christ's first coming, which inaugurated the age of perpetual coming, that age we are in, this is the age of mercy for sinners. We're in the age of mercy for sinners. And as long as we're in this age, there's still opportunity to respond to the Evite that Leah sends out to all the young people. The call for repentance, which is the prerequisite for entry, is still being sounded. The call is still going out. The door is still open. The door has not been shut. So get your oil. Get your oil now, or it's too late. We are in the age of long-suffering. God's long-suffering, and ours too. The King of Justice, Jesus Christ, the King of Justice has come, and when he came in his incarnation, he did bring some judgment. He did bring righteousness and justice, which means judgment. But that judgment that he brought in his first coming is still largely redemptive. Largely redemptive. It is for the purpose of leading us to repentance. The day that he comes again bodily, which we call the parousia, the time of repentance, the age of repentance will be over. The time of redemptive judgment will be over. When we get to that day, we get to the final judgment. That's the reconciling and the closing judgment. That's when the door slams shut. That's when the tares are pulled and burned. That's when the goats are separated from the sheep. In the meantime, Christ is coming. He is coming to us every moment of every day. He comes to us through the ministry of the church. He comes to us through his word, through the sacraments, in the spirit. And he offers again and again to us eternal life, joy, and glory. To all who repent and believe in him. And as long as we're in this age, the ministry of St. John the Baptist is absolutely constituent to the gospel. John is a voice crying in the wilderness. He's crying in the wilderness. And while we are in the kingdom, we are also in the wilderness in this life, in this corrupt and mortal life. While it's true we have come to Mount Zion and a holy city coming down out of heaven, at the same time, in this mortal life, this 70 years of our mortality, we are captives in Babylon. And this reality will exist for us until the second coming of Christ. He said the tares will not be pulled out and burned until the end of the age. Now the reason he is not going to pull the tares out until the end of the age is because of his mercy. It's because of his mercy and his providence. His providence is governed by his mercy. Our God is long-suffering. And he is giving people the opportunity, including you and I, to repent and to be saved. And he wants as many people to enter into the eternal kingdom as possible. And only God in his wisdom knows how that all works out. 
What we do know, for absolute certainty though, is that that is his intention. That's his heart. And that's why he does what he does, how he does. We can't understand, you know, the particulars. It's too complex for us. So he's holding back the final judgment, right? So that all may be saved, or as many as possible may be saved. Now, the fact that he's holding back the final judgment is partially at our expense, if you think about it. Because we who believe, while we're waiting for those others who do not believe, we suffer. That's part of our suffering. You know why you suffer? You suffer because of the person sitting next to you. That's why. Don't punch them or say anything nasty to them. Because they're suffering because of you. <laughs> you know, we're always wanting God to exact his judgment. If he brought down the hammer, you'd be the first one to go. I mean, you know, whenever I, in all seriousness, whenever I get so too irritated with somebody and start getting a little critical or judgmental, I, my knees start trembling because I remember, whoa, but if whatever measure you, you, you met out your judgment, you're going to get the same. And I think I'm the worst sinner of all. Be careful. Be very careful. But at any rate, the reality is we actually are kind of suffering while we're waiting for those who do not believe to come round. But the whole gospel is, the whole message of our faith, is that we are to embrace this suffering. Just as Christ embraced the cross. Out of love. <laughs> Out of love. Out of love for the world, he embraced the cross and he calls us to take up our cross, which is his cross. A cross of suffering that all might be saved. If we have to suffer a little while that so, so that someone might be saved, we should rejoice. We're blessed for that. Scriptures are crystal clear about that. If we get to suffer, if our suffering helps someone to find salvation in Christ, the rewards are great. The suffering is temporary. The rewards are eternal. And God has given us his spirit anyway. We have all we need to go through this with dignity and grace, with peace and even joy. Nobody can do anything to you. Nobody can hurt you except yourself. But we have to go through it. We have to embrace the suffering and the cross for love. We have to be driven and motivated by love. Love for those who are lost. Love for those who are trapped in their own sin, even their sins against us. If we are filled with his love, we will be able to endure this life with peace and joy. Final word about John. If we are to receive Christ when he comes, and he's coming at this very moment, and he's going to really come here in a few moments when we offer you his very body and blood. If we're going to receive him in a healthy way, if we're going to receive him in the justice that is always part and parcel with his coming, you realize that he is the, the king, which means he is just, which means when he comes, he brings justice with him. Always. Inseparable. So if we're going to receive the one who is fire as illumination 
and not as burning, which is basically what that amounts to, then we have to prepare ourselves through repentance, which is a kind of self-judgment, which St. Paul admonishes the Corinthians to do before receiving communion. St. John the Baptist is still among us because Jesus is still coming unto us until he comes that final time. And St. John the Baptist in his ministry is still filling valleys and raising mountains to prepare the way of Christ in our hearts. He's still trying to make of us contrite and humble hearts, which is the smooth pass on which Christ comes to us. Our Blessed Mother also prepares us. She says, let it be according to your word. And she says, do as he tells you. While the forerunner says, repent, that you may receive the coming one. Come, Lord Jesus, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.